and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. Hello and happy Monday and thank you for joining me for episode 53 of Book of Leaves. You are very welcome whether this year is your first Book of Leaves episode or not your first. Hello and welcome back. It is lovely to have you here. This is a podcast where I interview people who are doing something good for the planet in any way, shape or form and the whole idea is we take a leaf from their book to add to our own. So that's the simple premise and it can span a wide variety of topics from activism to entrepreneurs who set up a business to NGOs and whatnot and in this episode we're going to be looking at switching out a object that we use in our life for something more sustainable and of course takeaway cups are a huge huge disposable issue and they're kind of like the beacon of waste aren't they these and straws are like you know when you imagine single use or reusable items you always think of like a key cup or whatever so we'll talk about it with Sorka from the Conscious Cup campaign and yeah she was so lovely to talk to but yeah it is really interesting how this small little item can be responsible for so much waste but also has the power to do the most change because it can be a fashionable item that you're always walking around with. So yeah there's some interesting perspectives when it comes to what is this going to do? But we talk about the bigger picture and kind of like it starts with the cup. So yeah, I'm looking forward to you guys listening to this. Um, I hope you're keeping well. Last week's episode came out a day late. Sorry about that. I was on holidays in Italy and got sidetracked with eating too much gelato and didn't leave myself enough time to, <laughs> to edit the episode. But you've got it eventually and that of course was with Orla from the Native Woodland Trust and a couple of people got in touch about that episode saying it was really good so thank you so much for reaching out and um, I always really appreciate it because I am convinced that I am just talking to myself here half the time so especially when people I don't know are listening it's pretty cool so hey hope you are doing well and sure you never know we might meet in person one day but yes, if you do like what you're hearing, there are ways you can support the podcast. As always, you can follow on social media, Book of Leaves Podcast. I'm on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. But if you are in a position where you can financially contribute to the running of the podcast, that would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much to the people who have and continue to support it. You have no idea how much it means. And whenever a big chunk of um, money comes out of my account, I go into the Patreon and replenish it with that for... Um, podcast hosting fees or like the editing kind of software and stuff that I use for for videos and whatnot so yeah it's really really appreciated and of course if I can get anything extra for my time being paid for my time what is this as an actor I'm very used to not being paid for my time but um, if you can afford to throw anything once off or regularly to the podcast that would be greatly greatly appreciated and of course please rate review and share it with a friend that is probably the best thing that you can do and share it on social media and let me know what you think as well if you have any ideas of topics or people that you want me to interview just let me know this particular episode you're getting this one this week because people on twitter or people on Instagram said yeah we want an episode about switching out an item instead of one about activism because I have one in the bank 
about uh, with an activist about CETA and parenting and whatnot. So yeah, that's why you're getting this one because you guys asked for it. So here you go. And yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and I'm just going to keep this space for focusing on positive, hopeful solutions. So hopefully you'll enjoy this chat with Sorka. Everything we talk about is linked in the show notes. And if you are on Facebook, I am only on Facebook because of Facebook groups. I find them so helpful and Zero Waste Ireland, which we talk about, is one of those groups that has just really helped me on my journey. It's a bit different to having your own Instagram profile or Twitter page. Like it's just it's a little community online. It's it's brilliant. So if you are still on Facebook, I would really recommend joining Zero Waste Ireland. And yeah, if there's any other groups that you're in that really help with, you know, our linear economy and disposable culture uh let me know and i'll definitely join and reshare them as well for others so yeah i think that's it hope you're having a lovely day and enjoy this chat with sorka and i'll catch you after for some very quick show notes Sorka, thank you so much for joining me on the Book of Lee's podcast. It is lovely to have you here and I like to ask all of my guests to introduce themselves for listeners who might not know anything about them. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself or where you're from, that kind of thing? Sure. Thanks so much, Cara, for having me on board. I'm delighted to uh, give an interview and um, I look after the Conscious Cup campaign. I'm the coordinator of the campaign since 2000 and late 2017. Um, it's an environmental campaign, a non-profit, and it focuses on increasing awareness around reuse. It started basically in 2017, 2016, I should say, by a group of volunteers who actually met on a social media platform, the Zero Waste Ireland Facebook page yeah and that page is really all uh, members who are very interested in increasing uh, increasing reuse and reducing the amount of waste that they that they use uh, that they that they create I should say and um yeah so basically a group met there and they were just concerned about the kind of disposable society we were living in and you know the the, the disposable cup is one of those very visible things that shows how we are living in this make take throw away society and from there they got together and decided to create a campaign um, called the Conscious Cup campaign. That's amazing. I can't believe that started in that Facebook group. That Facebook group has helped me so much in trying to be more eco-friendly. It is brilliant. Like I don't use Facebook that much for the social media side of things, but the groups I find are so useful. And that is a really, really, I can't believe it was born in that group. That's so cool. It was. And would you believe the original creator of that um, that group was actually one of the founding members of Conscious Cup campaign, Rachel Dempsey. So, <gasps> you know, um, some of the very original members and administrators uh, like Timmy Nicholson as well and Elaine Butler um, and they were all original founding members Mindy O'Brien and so it's great you know it's, it's it, it just shows you how things can begin at a community level on the yeah. ground grassroots movements and from there it it really took off and um, our plan was to try and uh, work with cafes independents and and uh, chains to ask them to incentivize customers to bring their own reusable cups we all had our own jobs and other interests and things that we were devoted to and um, working on and we we found that as we got busier and um, it was difficult to keep up with what was going on so 
we actually asked the regional waste offices, would they be interested in funding the campaign? From 2018, the regional waste offices, of which there are uh, three across Ireland, funded the campaign and it became a national campaign and allowed me to give up my role that I'd worked on up until 2017 to transition into coordinating this, which was wonderful because I was so passionate about it. That's brilliant. And so what was your own personal journey like? What were you, were you working in a similar kind of field before or were you always so environmentally aware? What kind of sparked that? Um, I think, I suppose when you're a teenager, you're very um, open to ideas and, you know, exploring different things. And uh, at that stage, I had a keen interest in environment. I was extremely lucky that um, I had my very first job in the late 80s was working for the body shop, which at the time was very much pro social justice. It was founded on uh, social justice and environment, and it was also founded on a refill system in the UK. And uh, Nita Roddick, who had set it up, was actually famous really for the work that she had done in transforming kind of the beauty sector around reuse and, you know, an element of fair trade as well so uh, it was very influential on me and I remember refilling <laughs> Jubilee and White Musk perfume containers and Grafton Street behind the counter it was like an old pharmacy set up in a way really That's so amazing. that that really inspired me and then I was also a member of group in um, our local area that the late 80s was quite key actually early 90s in terms of environment because we had a lot going on in the Amazon we had you know the um, nomadic tribes were really really being affected by takeover of their lands Um, and we also had in Dublin we had a serious smog issue so there was there was actually quite a lot and we also had CND there was there was lots of kind of hippie kind of stuff out there too you know and then we also had um, Mary Robinson visited our school after she had just become president first female president and that was extremely influential too so as a teenager I was getting a lot of in that area very much interested but um, my work then took me towards kind of different avenues and and then I uh, had a family as well. And, you know, I always had a keen personal interest in, in environmental and social justice issues. And I'd done some volunteer work for St. Vincent de Paul over the years as well and worked with the homeless. So I knew I wanted to do something that would create change. And when my children were old enough, I, I felt that I had more headspace to take something on. I just jumped right into Conscious Group campaign. So. That's so cool. What a story. <laughs> Though I'm so glad you're able to, to it was able to become a job because like I do a lot of volunteer stuff and it really can be so time consuming you know you unfortunately need money to be able to survive in today's society so I'm so glad that you're able to give this your full attention and we will talk about how cafes and people can kind of get involved but I guess you mentioned that you and the you know those zero waste Ireland people were all kind of up sick of and rightly so the disposable culture and you know a coffee cup is kind of I think you know the symbol of that that and straws probably are like the the biggest kind of like the most infamous of the disposable things um I had Timmy on the on the podcast before actually yeah 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 talking about her journey as like a parent she's making her own clothes and everything so that's another legendary episode if people want to go back and check that out and do I'll have to have Elaine on someday but do you know I presume you would know what the kind of statistics are around disposable coffee cups in Ireland. I mean, we're 
an island of 4.9 million people. Surely there can't be that many, right? Or what are the numbers like? Well, prior to COVID, we had like 22,000 single-use cups and lids being used per hour. And it is quite difficult to like to imagine what that looks yeah, like. Really <laughs> 22,000 um, an hour. Yeah. So I think the big, the big thing about the disposable situation is that there are two aspects to it. There's the litter aspect, which we would refer to as the downstream aspect. You know, what you see that's being picked, the waste element, what you see that's being picked up and especially off the streets, especially since COVID now, we have such a huge visibility of disposability. You know, all of the cafes and the restaurants and um, when COVID kicked off, switched to disposables because they all had to pivot in how they operated their businesses. So we saw a massive increase in street litter and obviously beach litter as well. And that's getting into our whole river system. Also, it's affecting nature. It's affecting what we consume at the end of the day, too. So that's the downstream element of it, the litter and the pollution aspect. But there's the upstream side, which is where we look at the resources and, and that are used and wasted all for something that we have in our hands for a couple of minutes and not just cups it could be cutlery it could be you know anything that is single use pretty much there's a huge amount of resources that go into making manufacturing transporting delivering those items um all for the sake of a short a short use um so nevertheless there's massive greenhouse gas emissions that are created by them they reckon reckon that up to 70 percent of front of house waste is um in, in the retail setting is your single use packaging, food and beverage packaging. So mm. it's quite phenomenal, really, when reuse is uh, a very easily done. Like there's lots of ways we can embrace reuse, whether it's bring your own, whether it's a deposit return scheme. And in fact, even for cafes themselves sitting in, like we should just have it that it's ceramics first or as we say, we have a hashtag ceramics first. There's no reason for us to sit there with a disposable if a cafe has a dishwasher and these are commercial dishwashers are pretty amazing. They can usually, you know, run a whole cycle in 90 seconds. So serious commercial dishwashers are very um, energy efficient. So it makes more sense, you know. Definitely. I ha- I talked to um, a friend of mine, Avian McCann, in one of the very first episodes and uh, she, she admitted, do you know her? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Met Avian a few years ago. She's lovely. She's so lovely um, and she's big into like sustainable fashion and reusing and she was talking about how like she does find it hard not to give people the side eye in a coffee shop. Now this is pre-COVID. You know, because in her mind, you know, if you can sit down for two, three minutes more, like enjoy the coffee, coffee, it's about being more in the present and like appreciating kind of what you have, like as opposed to kind of we're so used to drinking it on the go or walking around. It's almost become like a fashion accessory in a way of like having your coffee in hand. But to actually sit down and just take a little break, like it's kind of better for you. Yeah, the social thing you're touching on there is so important as well. Um, And, you know, one of one of the cafes that I work with uh, about a year and a half ago told me a lovely story about a lady it was just before COVID um, an older lady had come in one day to have a coffee and she sat down on her own had a coffee and as she left she said to the manager you know it's just been lovely being here because your staff are so friendly and it's the first time anyone spoke to me in three days so isn't that lovely you know to think of that social interaction of sitting down and taking the time and you know it's just a nice little story I think (laughs) Oh my 
my god yeah. oh yeah. make your heart no it's so important to have keep mm. that social aspect but obviously covid has impacted that hugely and we're really kind of struggling I think to kind of get like get back to maybe where we were have like how is it now because as far as I know there have it has been made clear that it is safe to still use your reusable cup have you guys experienced basically because of covid and how has it changed and what can we let people know like to to encourage them to go back to reusing so yeah covid was god such a shock to the system to everybody and um, there's so many of us who've been affected by it in lots of different ways personally and people that we've lost and businesses and it's really made us all stop and kind of look at life differently i think in so many ways but in terms of conscious cup campaign many of the uh chains put it on hold in terms of accepting reusables in the early days of COVID. And that rightly so, because none of us really knew what we were dealing with at the time. Very early days, little evidence to work off. Um, but as things progressed and we gained more evidence, um, we, begun, we began to understand that, you know, reusables are actually perfectly safe once you operate within the normal cleaning and hygiene systems that you would use as per HACCP, which are guidelines that are very commonplace in the hospitality area. I knew that a lot of our cafes would pause um, and I had to, you know, be understanding that those businesses were trying to uh, work around a lot of restrictions and to navigate very difficult uh, situations, especially with keeping their own employees safe. So it was a matter of waiting until we had kind of more information together as well before we kind of put out that reuse message again. And we had Professor Luke O'Neill signed up to a document by Greenpeace, which was to say, indicate that, you know, reusables are safe once you once you operate within the normal hygiene practices that are, you know, that we always use and that there are very there, there are there are no records of transmission from packaging. You know, there were days when we were taking in our shopping and washing it all down, but there have been no viral transmissions uh, recorded from packaging, actually, per se. So we put out a messaging like that. We created a campaign called Contactless Coffee, which was already being used in Australia and the UK. So we started messaging about that, which is quite an easy way of nobody touches the cup. You just literally put your cup down and the barista safely decants from a jug um, into your coffee cup. So um, both safe for barista, customer and planet. So that was another uh, tool that we tried to use to navigate to get reuse going again. Um, and you know, that whole process of trying to resuscitate reuse has taken quite some time. But um, the thing is, we now have most of the cafes back accepting reusables. So Starbucks, uh, Costa Coffee, Sprout, Lolly and Cooks, Butlers. We've lots of chains and hundreds of independents and they're all mapped on our map, which is available on consciouscup.ie. And we also have lots of resources there for cafes, including posters that they can download and print off to um, put in their windows, on their tables, their counters, and some social media kind of infographics that they can use to try and amplify the message that they are back accepting reusables. But the problem is, I suppose, a communication thing at the moment a lot of people are still under the perception that 
maybe cups are banned. So we have to get over that hurdle. They're not banned. And if we look at the Food Safety Authority of Ireland, their guidelines on reuse, what they say is it is up to each individual business to decide what they would like to do. And again, always referring to the HACCP guidelines. So you know, it's the same as having an uh, sitting in and having a normal plate, a normal cup. All of these things have to be washed with safe parameters. And um, that's really where we have to stick to the evidence based science and instead of our emotions, which can be easy to run away with. So um, so the battle now is really trying to get re, re um, resuscitate reuse, I suppose. <laughs> we have another or word. <laughs> That's it. That's even another reward. Yeah, well, I'm sure anyone listening, tell your friends, tell your family, colleagues, go into the cafes that you frequent and let them know like there is no legal barrier stopping businesses doing this. It's just kind of people's own kind of comfort thing. But we're now kind of stuck in COVID being the imminent threat. And then we forget about the damage that the downstream, the, the litter and the resource use and the production of them has. So we kind of forget about the negative side effects there when that can actually really impact us from litter clogging drains to helping to cause flooding or whatnot. Like there's so many things involved or whatever. So now we need to go back to, okay, we need to see the cops as the threat. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully we will get back to where we were and be even further along. And there's advice on your website on how businesses can kind of get involved and be uploaded onto your map and that. And what can you say to people who don't, you know, have no ties to a cafe or any kind of place that does like just give disposable cups at the moment? Like what tips would you have for people going in to suggest it? Like, because we can go in and be like, hey, have you heard of the Conscious Cup campaign? Um, yeah. What would yeah. your advice be there for, for people who frequent a place or know of a place? Yeah, I think a lot of things always come down to personal relationships. And that's why when we first started the campaign that we thought one of the really good ways to help get the campaign off the ground was to work with people who already had an existing relationship with those businesses. So, for example, the Tidy Towns groups and, you know, um, transition year students who frequented their local cafes for their coffees or their cold iced coffees, whatever. I can't remember what my teenagers call those crazy <laughs> i know i don't have them i don't drink coffee so the, the iced frappe frappuccinos and yeah all sorts. Yeah. yeah so i so said about working a lot with the tidy towns groups across the country because you know waste was a huge issue to them it's one of the things that they were seeing the most of was cups and lids constantly picking up that sort of debris off the streets so they were very keen to see how they could you know um discourage um that type of waste and one of the key things is through reuse so uh i actually have on the website um, a guideline on how you can actually bring a campaign to your area and it's a step-by-step guide you know mapping out the cafes that are in your area and Having an existing relationship makes it so much easier to have that conversation with the business. And most of those businesses tend to know their tidy towns people because they're working together over the years on different projects, other projects that may emerge. And 
you know, those tidy towns groups are very good at um, going in and having a conversation with the local cafe. Um, it does take a certain level of confidence and perhaps to know maybe what you're talking about, but it's all about the approach. If you're going to talk to somebody about it, it's obviously better when they're, when they're quiet. So you avoid the key kind of rush hour times, you know. Another thing you could do is if you don't feel like having that actual conversation with them, just to highlight what we're doing by tagging the cafe, for instance, on our Instagram page. So there's a, a link in our bio, which actually has a map. Uh, you can click a button really easily on the on the bio to get into the map, to get into guidelines, posters, uh, contactless coffee, what that's all about. So by tagging that particular page, it might actually let the cafe manager or owner look at that information in their own time when they have the chance and they'd be able to digest it on their own without feeling, God, I've a massive queue to deal with here. I can't really have this conversation right now and you've no idea what I'm trying to deal with <laughs> today <laughs> you know so so sometimes that's a nice way of engaging there and there are videos there as well and as we know I suppose video is really important um, for uh, being able to kind of visualize how something can operate so there are videos on contactless coffee and that's a great way of helping to see well you know, that's quite possible. I could do that. And the wonderful thing is the videos on our website were actually produced by coffee roasters themselves who not only um, supply cafes, some of them have cafes. And we also had a volunteer group in Wicklow, two lovely ladies um, who produced their own video too on contactless coffee. So it's something that's very doable. It's just you have to have that level of engagement um, to make the commitment then. You have to be interested. But one of the things that's going to drive that is policy and we have next year there there will be a single use coffee cup levy of 25 cents and that's like a consumer levy so we have as we know, the plastic bag tax here in Ireland, which yeah. was very, very effective and um, brought in the early 2000s. So it's envisaged that this will have the same impact and the money that's generated from that will be ring fenced for environmental issues. Um, it will be a consumer levy. And um, so it's the consumer who feels the pain from it. The, the retailer won't be affected, although there'll be a collector on it. So the, the key, I would say, is for cafes who aren't really engaging in reuse now, that they do need to start thinking about it because when the levy comes in, that will give the perception that coffee is more expensive. So to promote reuse by, you know, even the barista saying to the customer when they come in, have you got your reuse book up with you? Like, let's start a conversation, you know, mm -hmm. and that's where it begins with training as well. So training with your own employees about reuse, onboarding your own team, ensuring that they all have their own reusables that um, they all have a reusable coffee cup and a reusable water bottle and that you from top down you walk the talk and you say well we're not allowing any of our team to have disposables here you know yeah and one of the most fundamental things apart from all of the awareness and the environmental aspect is the cost so for environment for the cafes it really does make sense to get behind reusables because there's the cost of purchasing disposables and one of the the key highlights during covid has been uh, supply chains have totally been disrupted and not alone do we have a supply issue of the guarantee of supply we have increasing costs because plastic packaging and uh, transportation has gone through the roof like it is so difficult to get containers to ship um, from China, Asia and all over the world we've actually got a shortage of containers 
we can avoid all that if we have reusables. We mm. don't have to keep this cycle going, this linear cycle, you know. So there are savings to be made. And I mean, I've had messages from cafes asking me, where can I get a hold of compostables? Because we're really struggling to get the stock at the moment because the demands are so high. And, you know, we just need to stop and think about, well, won't have that if we really work on getting reusables going again it's like with masks and and i found this very interesting during covid we had a massive shortage of masks disposable masks if anything we've learned from that was that we need to look at reusables there is great opportunity to pivot and look at back to basics ways of doing things you know definitely now you touched on compostables there are compostables much better well i suppose my experience is i remember thinking at one point okay um as we move towards you know looking at more better environmental options a couple of years ago perhaps i would have considered compostables in a closed loop environment where you can actually control and better segregate waste where we're really at now is we don't have time Time is not on our side to look at single use. We need to focus on the waste hierarchy, which is reuse. This is where we have to have like a a move away from the focus of materials. You know, we're getting a lot of pivoting to different materials, like pivoting to compostables. There's now a huge pivot away from plastic towards paper. And you need to have a systems approach, I think, when it comes to choosing a material rather than a materials approach, because When you're using a particular product, you have to look at what setting it's operating within and then how it's disposed of at the end of life. So, for instance, paper in very in a number of different uses can actually have much higher greenhouse gas emissions than plastic may if it's recycled, if it's made of recycled material and if it's recycled at end of life. So it really depends on the situation within which that product operates when you choose the material. But getting back to your question about compostables. They are a single use item. The majority of our waste in Ireland is incinerated. Not a, hu- not a huge amount of it is landfilled, but it, it, what is landfilled in terms of compostables, it, yes, it will release methane, into, which is 20 times worse than CO2. So that it, it's not really the way to go. Um, we don't have street bins that are for compostable packaging. And to be honest, even if we did, and I know there are people who would want that, I think that we would really, really struggle with contamination levels and we would just go around in another circle. And I know that there are waste um, companies in the States, for example, that don't, that they don't accept compostable packaging in their organic waste bins because it just causes too many issues in the disposal. Okay, very good. You've put that, yes, I would just be like, down with compostables as well but (laughs) Sorka has an elegant professional approach (laughs) but no I think like I have I've picked if I forget my reusable cup when I'm out I'll go to like if I know this place has compostable cups then I'm like right look I'll go there if because this is before you know ceramics were back and we weren't allowed to sit in again I would then favor like last option, but I then I'm someone like I'm sure many people listening to this are, are is someone who carries around their rubbish then <laughs> for the day. So I'd be like having a compostable cup and banana skin in me bag and banana juice all over everything I own. But um, 
Yes, okay. And there you're absolutely right though. It is still that kind of disposable kind of culture and some companies have definitely used it in a greenwashing sense, you know, look at how environmentally sustainable they are. And then you go and you bring your use reusable cup and they do this thing which I cannot stand where they make the coffee, they make it in a disposable and then just pour it in to your own reusable cup and then bin that. I'm like, what's the point? Sorry, what's the point? But I think that's more like we need to train up like people who work in cafes or whatever. Not everyone is going to be aware of that. You know, not everyone is in an environmentally aware bubble and they just don't even think about it. So if it's made common practice and the training is there, like, oh, it will help so much. But in the grand scheme of things, a disposable cup is something so small. And there might be people listening to this who are like, is this really going to save, like, we're in the middle of a climate crisis, the world is literally on fire in some parts and melting in the others, like, how does having a reusable cup and kind of aiming for that help in the grand scheme of things, would you say? Well, you know, obviously a cup isn't going to, a reusable cup is not going to save the world, but it's the trigger to a behaviour change journey that we would hope will help benefit and slow down the climate change that we're experiencing. So for instance, when we when we started the campaign, the whole idea of the cup is that it's so visual, it's so visible in our everyday life. And if we could trigger other people to change their behavior by what you do. So for example, my behavior might have the ability to change two or three by carrying a reusable cup. I'm in a queue. Someone else is inspired by that. It's like um, behavior breeds behavior, we say. And from that, we would hope that that behavior would just take off and that you would start to say to yourself, "Okay, well, if I can reuse a coffee cup, I'm becoming much more conscious and aware about the waste that I produce and other things that I can reuse. And quite quickly, you'll start to see anybody who uh, started off with a reusable coffee cup within a couple of months, they've started to look at other things. There's no doubt about it. You know, whether it's sticking your dishwasher brush into, you know, the dishwasher, reusing that instead of purchasing one all the time, or, you know, it's reducing the amount of uh, clothes that you purchase and making sure you reuse what you have. It's all about using what you have and less consumption at the end of the day. And so it's a ripple effect, really. That's what we were hoping to achieve. Um, conscious consumerism and even creating conversations at lunchtime. And I know from one of the early days, one of the corporates that contacted me, they said that they wanted to set up a green team. And what inspired them to set up the green team was they were all sitting around having coffee and two or three of them had a reusable coffee cup. And that conversation, that ignited a conversation which propelled them to look at other aspects within their company that they could change, you know, and have monthly meetings about, right, well, let's tackle this issue, this issue, let's tackle food waste the next month, let's tackle uh, how much energy we use, different, lots of different things, you know. Yeah, so it might seem so small, but start, it can start there. And yet you never know that the ripple effect that it has. And sometimes you'll, you'll have done that to someone, you'll have inspired them and they won't, you, they're not going to tell you, they're not going to be like, oh, hey, Sorka, that time I saw you with that thing. You know, you don't always know how much 
of an, of an influence that you have either. Like, I love talking about that. have to give a shout out to my friend Mark, who I think has had his cup for like three years or something. And he loves his keep cup. Like, it's like, it's a treasured thing. Like, all the coffees, all the mornings that he's, that he's been through, that cup has been there for him. You know, it, it adds like another like prized possession into your life. Um, have you got a favorite keep cup, a favorite brand that you like using? Well, you know, it's interesting you brought that up because I think the best cup is the one you use, and because like whatever it is that is your personal favorite. And I've gone through everything. Um, like I have a keep cup, I have a husky cup, I've tried I have them all. <laughs> a re cup, I've lots of different cups. Um, I'm actually really enjoying the husky cup at the moment, actually. Uh, have that and yeah that's really nice because it has the feel of a, a real cup in a way big fan of my keep cup too I like I have a, quite a few so I've one in the car I've one in the windowsill and I've one in the dishwasher so I'm happy yeah. to alternate between them but I, I think one of the key things is and, and sometimes it's remarked upon oh like prior to COVID very few people bring their reusable cup but the thing about it is those people that do bring their reusable, even if it is up at 15% at the moment, say, they always bring their reusable. So, you know, even if it's even if it is a small percentage, they're a dedicated follower yeah. <laughs> of reuse. Yeah. So there is potential there to impact. And there are always those innovators and those laggards in any product life cycle or the innovation cycle if I can remember from years ago innovation of the fusion so we will eventually hopefully get there and you know people will start to value their own cup as well whichever one that is that they prefer and the levy will also be on compostable cups as well so that might help you know push people along too yeah you know what's a really cool story actually um uh, very quickly LinkedIn uh gather and gather corporate caterer and they they looked after the LinkedIn site Julia Murray who is head of coffee with gather and gather she's absolutely fantastic in the coffee industry and she she's really into reusable cups and she introduced two lines two cues for coffee you were the queue that had your reusable cup was the faster queue and you you know the the queue the queue with the disposable (laughs) cups you know so to try and incentivize people to make that change so there's lots of room for really good creativity really and and there's some phenomenal work going on out there by cafes really to to try and uh, encourage reuse as well that's so good that's really that's a really good idea and I actually who just crossed my mind there is a fellow climate ambassador Lucy who I actually went to Irish college with um years ago and then I found her on a climate ambassador call Lucy is an Irish activist um, or climate activist who is currently cycling the entire wild Atlantic way I don't know it's, it's a couple of I don't know how many kilometers it is. A lot of kilometers. 2,400, I think she was doing. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. And she's doing it to highlight money for, or to, to raise money for Jigsaw, which is a, a autism, ADHD kind of support charity. And also raise awareness of the Conscious Cup campaign. So if you follow her, I'll, I'll link her account. I've been loving following her story. She unfortunately had, a, for listeners who, who might not know, like a couple of days ago, her bike was actually broken up in while she was sleeping in her tent and all of her belongings stolen. And she's got donations of everything to get started back again. 
But um, yeah, so she's going to cafes all along the Wall Atlantic Way and, you know, visiting the ones that are part of the Con- Conscious Cup campaign. So I just wanted to give her a shout out. Um, yeah, I think what she's doing is brilliant. So 100%. Oh, fair play to her. I mean, taking on that uh, cycle and on her own and camping each night, like, so brave and uh, like it's been wonderful following her stories until you know that that accident terrible situation that happened with the, her bike and her things being robbed um but to see a sense of community come together in Tralee to help her out has been wonderful and Lucy said to me not one cafe on her whole journey to, said no to her reusable cup so it just shows you that there is a perception out there that a lot of cafes aren't accepting them and there may well be but there's a huge amount of cafes who are and we just need to get that habit going again of taking that cup out of that cupboard and taking it with us and take take, you know taking the time to kind of see if we can use it again and I would encourage anybody to, if their local cafe is accepting reusables, I might not have them on the map and we would love to have them on the map. Um, And we'd love to like amplify that those cafes are accepting reusables. So do tag them on our pages and we we will try and connect with them. I'd really, really ask cafes themselves to amplify the message because if they tell their community and they tag us, then we can make that a bigger message too. But it has to be in their locality that they are telling their regular customers first yeah. that they're back with reusables. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Okay, well, to finish off, Sorka, what I've been doing recently is asking guests to pick a letter of the alphabet and there is random questions. They could be environmentally related, um, you know, like a, your favourite documentary, but you could ask, you, you, you could give an absolutely non-environmental answer it's completely up to yourself and so we'll do a couple of these before we close off if you want to give me your first letter or or (laughs) um share something about the natural world that you find awe-inspiring anything oh i say rivers you know that they're they they can be they can actually be quite beautiful (laughs) rivers for swimming in and providing food in their system as well Oh, it's not a great example, really, is it? Oh, no, what it works. I mean, they start at the top of a mountain to think that, like, there's this whole cycle of water in that. Wait, so rivers Mm. once were evaporated from the sea and then they go up and the rain and there's like this whole cycle that you don't actually see. So it is actually pretty fascinating. It is sad sometimes when you see a river that, you know, you look at the Liffey and you're like, you're not your full potential. No, no. (laughs) When you go further upstream and it's gorgeous, like, so, yeah, no, rivers are pretty awe-inspiring things so I wouldn't doubt your answer um let's go for another letter um one skill you wish you learned in school I think I would have liked to have learned I I finished geography quite early I regret that I didn't that's not necessarily a skill though it's a subject you know learning about learning about climate you know the the actual physical aspect of climate and the planet yeah and rivers Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) um and we'll do maybe two more if you want to give us another letter t t t if you had a superpower what would it be i think i'd like to learn how to fly (laughs) yeah and you get rid of all like the travel greenhouse gas emissions as well like yeah love it brilliant (laughs) um And we'll do one more. 
B. B. Give us a book recommendation. Oh, um, the uh, Donut Economics. Yeah. <gasps> That's actually on my list because economics is not my strong point. But I really, what I've heard about this, you know, and like fixing our current economy, which is not working, which we set up ourselves, may I remind listeners, you know, we're like, this is the way it has to be. It's like, ah, man made it, man can unmake it. So donut economics, very good. All right, I will add that to the list and I'll link it in the show notes. Sorka, thank you so much for this chat i found it so inspiring and i hope that we will have more listeners take a leaf from your book and bring their own cups along and get their local cafes and their own cafes if they are uh, working in one to be involved so thank you and thank you so much for all the work you're doing thank you thank you for having me delighted Now, I hope you have a little bit of hope and a little bit of encouragement to keep going with your keep cup. But if you're a cafe person listening to this, if you work in or manage a cafe, it would be fab if you got ceramics back in. They're just, it's just lovely having a nice cup of tea in a hard cup, in a ceramic cup sometimes, you know what I mean? Sure, you don't get that Instagram photograph, but you get a lovely Instagrammable photograph of your coffee in a cup. Or in your reusable cup. And there's so many brands out there. I personally use the Stojo, which is, I think I'm saying that right, S-T-O-J-O, and it's collapsible. So because I don't like carrying around big handbags at me all the time, I like having that in there because it kind of like folds out. But then I've got like another kind of bigger one. Um, And yeah, so I just, yeah, show me your keep cups. Show me what you are using. And I remember Avian McCann, who was on episode two of the podcast, talked about one that was made from coffee grinds, which um, sounded pretty cool. So yeah, there's so many out there, so many options. And check out the Conscious Cup campaign website. If you have a cafe that you would like to be submitted on their map, there's also loads of very useful information there for you and tips and, you know, ways to encourage um, less disposable waste like for example they have a tip saying that you should on your social media show your coffee in ceramic and reusable cups and keep cups more than takeaway to to reinforce it, the knowledge of your customers that yeah you do accept takeaway cups little things like that their website is brilliant so definitely check that out give them a follow on social media and yeah everything that we talked about and like the facebook groups and everything they're all linked in the show notes and if you're listening on a platform where the show notes have gotten rid of the links like there's no you can't actually click anything if it's just text if you go onto the website bookofleavespodcast.com i have everything listed there so yeah i think that is it and i'm recording this intro and outro a couple of days and this will be recorded on the 2nd of September so I just hope nothing mad has happened that I should be acknowledging right now but it is 2021 you never know so I'm I just hope you're all still here and everything's as okay as it can be and yeah as always I'm thinking of you all sending everyone who listens to this and your friends and family so much love and thank you for being here listening to the end you're great you're fab so yeah reshare and get in touch leave a review 
and just stay deadly. Look at you doing something great for the planet. Honestly, everyone who listens to this, I could interview you and you could teach us things. So if you want to get on the episode, on the podcast, give me a shout. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling now. Thank you for being here. (laughs) I'll talk to you in two weeks. And yeah, stay deadly. Love you guys. Bye.